Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 458, from July 1st, 1997, a Tuesday night show, with guest Victoria Jackson. This is the lost, infamous episode, Adam and Drew. We're going to mention many, many times throughout the next over 2,000 episodes. It's heavily focused on Victoria as Adam and Drew scratch her lottery ticket throughout the night. Good callers, not too much abuse lobbed at Victoria for her beliefs and religion. She's awfully fair-minded, too, at the time, even after the born-again conversion. Adam and Drew are very considerate, and it takes nearly a whole show to fully peel their guests onion this time. This is Victoria's only known appearance, perhaps for a reason. This episode lost to the archive for 17 years, and now you finally get to hear if it was worth the hype. As per usual, this was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on current day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like to follow more of my work, please visit SuperfanGiovanni.com. Mahalo, and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. It is Loveline. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician. Dixon Master's special. What? Some guy just walked into the studio with like three pies. That's Steve from the Pie Tasters. Uh, yes. The symbolism. Very nice. <laughs> his label, uh, the uh, part of the agreement uh, on his contract, yeah. is he actually has to walk... Pies. True. I'm sorry. I'm talking to Victoria. Oh, for Christ's sake, Drew. You just go ahead and do no, your no, show. No, please go ahead. Just do your show. Yeah, I, you're, you're so great. I'd hate to step no, but, on your well, any I'm, I'm going into show. a joke. Uh, do you have to talk right over I'm it? I'm sorry if I can't identify it as a joke. Listen, if I'm talking, consider it either a joke or some uh, amazing uh, tidbit of information that's going to shock and, uh, and uh, befuddle our listeners. Okay? I'll consider it so. All right, Victoria. All right, all right. Shh, that's enough. Me. Victoria Jackson is here. Victoria, you know, Victoria is a uh, has a strange show business career. Uh, you know her from uh, being on Saturday Night Live for I guess uh, like six seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the voice, and she's made a million talk show appearances. But it's a it's a funny career. It's sort of uh, I guess Lily Tomlin is someone uh, that you appreciate in the business. Uh-huh. And uh, your career's a, a, a bit like hers. You yeah. do uh, you do uh, children's stories. Uh, you sing. It's almost a vaudevillian career. Some of it. <laughs> Some of it. It's all different kinds of things. He, he won't hurt you. I, I never promise. say no, that. I'll be, I'll I be nice. Not let no, hurt you. Victoria's a little frightened tonight. You're scaring the hell out of her. Oh, I read I, the letters on your screen. I was like... <laughs> Well, Victoria is uh, recently become a born-again Christian, am I right? No, not recently. Oh, how recently? I was six years old when I became a Christian. Oh, really? Yep. I grew up with the Bible. I went to Bible college. Oh, so uh, usually when I hear born again, I assume you uh, killed somebody, uh, were released uh, from prison on some work furlough, and became born again. No, I've just always been like an airhead who was a Christian. But I wasn't born a Christian. I decided to believe in Jesus when I was old enough. What were you born? I was born a baby. 
This is going to be a tough just, interview, Drew. Just I neutral. Can tell that. Just nothing. I didn't right, know well, anything. Where were, were your parents born? We'll go back. Oh, they were raised um, Episcopal and Lutheran. But how did you stumble on to um, uh, being a, a Christian at age six? Because they took me to Baptist church every week. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I thought, you know, they brainwashed me to believe in the Bible, which right. is true, you know. But my whole life, I've been trying to disprove it, and it makes more sense to me the older it gets. So I'm glad they brainwashed me that way instead of some other weird way. So you've always uh, had a strong uh, religious belief. Mm -hmm. And basically, in my act, if you look really hard, you can kind of see biblical truths underlying everything I say. But you're wearing a French maid's outfit and doing a I handstand, know. aren't you? I know, a mini skirt. Well, you really got to look hard to find the uh, <laughs> the religion in that. You're I mostly know. looking at panties and stuff, aren't I you? Oh, go figure. <laughs> well, see, my dad, he was a gymnastics coach. And he right. was always lifting up little girls in leotards my whole childhood, doing shows on the beach, Miami Beach, you know, where we're doing tricks in little leotards, you know. Right. And then I'm going to church, you know, and I'm hearing be modest, you know. And then I'm, you know, my dad's like, oh, this would be a good costume for our act pirates with your belly button sticking out. And it was like two things, you know. Uh, I'll tell you, there is, uh, there is, it's kind of strange the way society works because if a woman uh, walked down the street in uh, nothing but a leotard, especially a 16-year-old woman with a uh, tight body, it would raise a lot of eyebrows. Yet, uh, if it's we, in a gym, if it's, it's in a okay. gym, and we'll cover it. Uh, That's where I got the idea throughout for the world on the Olympics. That's where I got the idea for my act. Because when I came to LA, all the blondes were prettier and had better bodies and everything. And I was trying to get on a TV show because I thought that'd be really good money for having fun. And so I thought, I, I thought, um, well, I tried to perform at the comedy store and I did Edith Ann what Lily Tomlin wrote right because I was so stupid and naive I didn't know you had to make up your own act Edith Ann is her famous little girl yeah, character I did say that at five and a half years old I'd ever asked to be bored if I did my boy said no Wow. Uh, but I have a dog. His name is Buster. I sometimes I drink out of Buster's. What any? Hold anyway. on. Let me do the uh, phone operator. Uh, <laughs> one ringy dingy. So anyway, I'm up there doing e Lily Tomlin's act. Right. You know, not knowing I was. Then Mitzi yelled at me. What are you doing? She's not even dead yet. You have to make up your own act. So hold then, on, hold on a second. Mitzi Shore is Polly, Polly Shore's mom. mom who owns the comedy store. I wonder how Polly got to start. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, she said I had to make up an act. I'm like, I don't know how to make up an act. I don't know how to say New York and L.A. are different. Men and women are different. Oh, gee, don't you hate it when men do this? So I thought, well, um, what if I said my poems... Anyway, I went up there and I bombed. So then I go, what if I set my poems upside down? Because I've been a gymnast my whole life. I'll take the gymnastic tricks out of the gym into society. Because I've been doing handstands on a beam that's four inches for 18 years. But no one's ever done it on a fire hydrant. And no one's ever done it, you know. So that that's how I thought of the act. Just what you said. Right. I did a handstand once on a fire hydrant, but I was drunk. And it's because I didn't know how to operate the moped. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was pretty You good. see why I got up stand-up comedy. That was pretty funny. Well, you know, I'm not working off a teleprompter here for time. <laughs> all right, so, uh, but but please, let's not critique all my humor, because it's going to be a long, long <laughs> night. Uh, let me, uh, so you've made, then I was reading your bio, you were on Carson 20 times. Mm -hmm. My my big break was doing my handstand poetry act for Johnny Carson, and, and then he had me back all those times. Because he got like a thing going with me, like George and Gracie thing. Right, so you became sort of a regular mm -hmm. on the show. Which is where the 
Saturday Night Live saw me, I think. That's why they thought of giving me an audition. And uh, as of now, uh, you're doing a... Um you got a CD out called The Ukulele Lady, where I'm guessing you play the ukulele. Uh-huh, it's for kids. And sing children's songs? Um. About Jesus? No. Why not? Well, maybe I'll do that on the third one. I have a second one, too, but maybe the third one. Yeah, why don't you do uh, religious uh, ukulele songs for children? Well, I don't know. I make my career so weird, you know. It's like this guy once said, Why do you sign a Bible verse on your picture when you were naked in a movie? What movie were you naked in? Casual sex? Uh-huh, only from the back. All right, I got to But I, I didn't want to be. I got to rent it. They made me, and I cried through the whole scene anyway. Really? Don't say that. It'll ruin it but for me. But you see, my dad said, when I was 17, he goes, what do you want to be? And I said, and um, I said, I want to be Julie Andrews and the sound of music and sing and dance through the mountains and get lots of money and play the ukulele, which she had a guitar. My dad goes, that sounds like an actress. And I said, oh, I never thought that was a job, you know. And then he said, if you choose that, you're going to have to compromise your Christianity and your career because they don't always go together. Like, oh, yes. If you'll do anything, you have a lot more opportunities in acting roles. And so he was right. So I had to sort of like, well, I better not do well, I mean, you know. All right. You showed a little cheek. Not that many people saw the movie anyway. <laughs> this is that thing with Leah Thompson and Andrew Dice Clay came out like, oh, it's like 10 years old now, I think. But uh, I had some laughs. And I will rent it just to see your buns now. <laughs> that, that, that was 10 years she ago. She has two kids. All right, come on. You're really going to ruin it for me. I'm going to think about her crying with the two kids in her arms while I'm uh, trying to enjoy myself. And Mom is your main career right now, right? <clears throat> All uh -huh, right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to some calls, and then we'll uh, talk more about the career and uh, Mom and the ukulele and the Bible and uh, all that. Uh, Trey, 26. Hi, how you doing, Adam? Good. Good. Um, I got a question for you guys. Um... Now, I work in a grocery store, and um, I like this girl as just friends, and she said that I've been giving her impressions that I want her more than just friends, but um, I don't know how to tell her that I'm gay and what kind of reaction I'll get from her. Well, why do you have to tell her, though? Because um, I think it's important that I need to tell her so she doesn't get the wrong impression. Why haven't you told your coworkers already? Oh, wait a minute. Why do you tell your coworkers what you're into sexually? Yeah, but it's important. I mean, he's 26. What kind of work do you do? Uh, I work in a grocery store. I mean, how long have you been there? Uh, six months. Uh, you'd think you'd want your friends, people who are friends, to know who you are. <laughs> what? Uh, attention shoppers. Uh, I'm Trey. Um, I'm gay. And uh, we're going to need a cleanup on all six. Trey, you don't have to tell people you work with your gay, especially to market. You're not going to see these people ever again. Are these uh, your? Yeah, I will. Are these your friends? Uh, yeah, some of them are my friends if, over if, there. If, if people you can trust should know who you are. It's not. It's not like you're 18. Like this is very different advice we give an 18-year-old, 15-year-old. Victoria, do you think he's a sinner? I think the Bible says that you shouldn't be gay, but it also says you shouldn't do lots of other things, and it kind of doesn't speak about gayness as much as some of the other sins. All right. So it's like a mild sin, it, but uh, as long as you're sinning, might as well sin. It all says judge not. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right after it talks about the men laying with men, it says judge not. It's like the verse right after. How Trey? did you know that? Are you a Christian? <laughs> He's a born-again Jew. Trey. Yes. All right. Uh, but, I, but, here, but, here's, what I, here's all I worry about. Here's all I'm saying. I don't know if, uh, how long you plan on working at the market. 
uh, if you plan on really making a career out of it and it's a place you're going to be for many years, then I might I might uh, alert everybody or just inform everybody that I was gay. Mm -hmm. If it's a sort of transitory job, oh, which right. oftentimes yeah, yeah. market jobs are, hey, you could get a little ridiculing from some idiot bag boy or something. It and just may be a little grief. I understand. Uh, for I, you. I understand. That's all I'm I saying. agree your point of view, but if these are indeed your friends, yeah. and you're you're an adult now, your friends should know. Your friends should know who you are, right? Okay. Now, those are the people that you need to get support from so you can stand up to stuff. All right, but if a, if a woman is coming on to you and you're not interested, you don't have to tell her I'm not interested because I'm gay. Right. You, know, you can say I'm, I'm, I'm in another relationship. Uh, women jump to that anyway as a way of defending themselves. If, if a guy says you're not interested, she goes, oh, he must be gay. Well, when a woman's not interested in me, it's an immediate uh, lesbo tag. Ah, okay. All right. Except for Victoria, because uh, it's either lesbian or uh, born again. <laughs> <laughs> were you uh, were you a virgin when you were married? No. Oh. I sinned. Oh, all right. So I cannot judge anyone else. All right, <laughs> but you're you sinned a little early, but you're back now. And I and I took pictures. You took pictures of what? Yes. Of of uh, well, sex. Well, I was mad at God, and so, see, my true love, who I'm married to now, he married this other girl. Uh huh. And I was mad, so I said to the fire eater who is my first husband, okay, you can sleep with me. Now, uh, did he eat fire for a living, or, was, yes. or is this some sort of code name? No, he ate fire for a living. Oh, really? Well, you guys must have made quite a team. But I, you know, it was one of the biggest mistakes of my life, but I'm just saying I'm not perfect, you know. Um, I made him marry old? me so I wouldn't feel guilty. That was oh, really about, for, bad. Oh, for having sex? But what was the picture part? Oh, well, I don't know. He took some pictures of you having sex? I did, because I was so angry. Yeah, but did you send it to your husband, to no, the guy you... No. No. You just had him. Yeah, because I, I'd been a virgin until I was 23, and it was a momentous occasion. And so I wanted... Well, why not, if you think about it? I mean, uh, losing one's virginity is a very big day in a woman's life. I mean, what are the two biggest events in a, woman's, a young woman's life? Uh, wedding and virginity. Now, uh, you go childbirth. through childbirth. childbirth. Okay, you go through a few video cassettes when you have a childbirth these days. You go through 20 rolls of film at a wedding. Hell, you hire a guy. Why not hire a photographer when you lose your virginity? Don't everybody look at me. You use the Polaroid, no one has to be. You guys look at me to come up with a good reason why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> because you know it's a pathetic idea. All right, but you don't have the pictures My with you now. My friend said that proves that I wasn't in love. Because if you're in love with someone, you're not going to be taking pictures. Well, the guy's a fire eater. You didn't give birth on your standing on your head, did he's you? He's a rich fire eater now. Oh, really? What, he's a magician? No, in the divorce, he... Oh, he, he cleaned but you out? But I'm allowed to talk about him. How long were you married to him? Um, you can talk about that. Six years. Six years. Seven. And you amassed a small fortune with all the Saturday Night Live and all the uh, commercials and voiceovers and movies. This is, this and this uh, SOB uh, took half? Well, oh. I'm not allowed to talk about okay. it, but let's just say this. Women pay alimony. Oh, yes, days. they do. Yes, we just had Tom Arnold but, on the but show. But Adam can talk about it. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right, well, here's what I want to say about this. <laughs> and go ahead. Uh, I, 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 believe me, I, you will uh, renounce your uh, Christianity and join up with me when I'm done with this speech. Uh, there is this 50-50 uh, rule. Drew, don't, please, don't pose around here. It's all right. Let Engineer Mike snack. Uh, and most of the time you hear about men complaining because uh, men are the ones who are shelling out the alimony and well, you, you uh, having to move into the apartment while the wife uh, keeps the house. You've made a few points about that over the years. I certainly yeah. have. Uh, but 
there are cases, such as uh, we had Tom Arnold in here, and he was uh, divorced from uh, Roseanne, and, and now Victoria Jackson's case, where the woman, in fact, is the breadwinner. I, I don't know. You, you couldn't make more than 35000 a year eating fire. You really couldn't. If there, Unless you got injured and had a big insurance policy. If there were that kind of, if there were real money in eating fire, there'd be more fire eaters. That's my take. And you rarely meet a fire eater. It'd just be a more lucrative career. There'd be fire eating schools and, and whatnot. So uh, when you break up, uh, because uh, the, uh, is it 50%? I mean, did you get divorced in California? Um, Connecticut. Is it 50%? Oh, it's worse in Connecticut? Maintain him in the style he's accustomed. And uh, the guy gets um, um, uh, regular sex for the first first month. Oh, yes. Yes, there's conjugal visits for the first year of the divorce or until he hooks up with another woman. (laughs) (laughs) True. You're so gullible. The point is this. Here's how all laws have to be worked. Uh, They all must be based... What is that? uh, What? Is that reverb or something? All right. Uh, they must be based on reality. And the right. effects they have Whatever on people. Whatever it is. Whatever not, not it is. If, if Victoria yeah. is making, you know, uh, half a million a year uh, on Saturday Night Live and her uh, other endeavors, and this guy's making 30 grand a year, and they live together uh, for six years, then uh, that's it. When they break up, they go. Now, unless she... Oh, he made zero. He didn't make anything a uh, year. I to say. Oh, it is just... It, it, it kills me. He liked it, his... It, I it's bet, like... I, I, my guess, um, he liked Budweiser, though. Yeah. yeah, white trash. He this will, guy is an asshole. Uh, believe me, this guy will be eating fire in hell one day, which is a little redundant, and I don't even know, to, know if anyone would notice you eating fire in hell, but the <laughs> point is, is there's a, uh, there's a folding chair with his name on it in the bowels of hell. Uh, a man, and I even think it's worse with a man, because I somehow think a man should uh, have some sort of pride when it comes to, uh, you know, breadwinning. Yeah, and it's it just is, pathetic. It's a little more manipulative with it. I'm but a little the, sociopathic. But here's what we do as a, as a country is we just make a law and then it just apply it to everybody. So uh, if you're Donald Trump and you're worth, uh, you know, um, uh, $5 billion and you marry a showgirl who was making 18 k a year and you're married to her for uh, six months and you get divorced, somehow she gets $2.5 billion. I don't know where the logic in that is. No. You, you have to you have to weigh each case it, individually. It, it, How much did he make? How long were you together? Did he put you through school or something? I mean, uh, did he, he aid you in your or, career? Yeah, no. no, you already were established when you met him, weren't you? All right, then he gets nothing. But the deal is that the people oh. that make the laws don't really consider the practical and pragmatic effects of the laws. Right. And they're made into the All right, well, when I'm president. Right. Tony, 31. Good evening. You're on with Victoria Jackson. Good evening. I gotta say that she's guys, born again, but she's got a kind of a uh, an edge to her, which I like. <laughs> you guys have the fastest two hours in radio. There's no doubt about it. Thank you, Adam. You belong in the big screen. <laughs> Doctor Drew. I've never been politically active, but if you ever ran for office, you would have my oh, vote. Oh, very kind. And Victoria, you're pretty good too. Thank you. Anyway, the question is, and I think it's best suited for Doctor Drew. Yeah. Um, in the last ten years that I've been going out legally drinking, uh, I've noticed my tolerance. Uh, I've had less tolerance for alcohol, and it's to the point now, uh, when I go out and I drink, I can have three or four beers in maybe the course of two or three hours, and I come home, and either that night or the next day, I am just violently ill. Mm. Now, I know the answer to this is, obviously, don't drink as much or don't drink, and that's fine, but I'm wondering what might be going on inside me. Do you get a flush also before you vomit? I'm sorry? Do you, do you develop a flush, like does your skin get red or hot before you vomit? Um, no, I don't, not, not, not really, no. 
are you are you of an Asian descent? Yes, I am. Okay, Asians lack an enzyme in the stomach to break down alcohol called uh, called alcohol dehydrogenase, mm -hmm. and they will commonly get a flush and vomiting from alcohol, and it actually protects against the disease of alcoholism. It's why alcoholism was so rare in Asian populations before the culture embraced drinking so thoroughly. No. Now, now people actually learn to drink past the vomiting, past the flush, and now you see alcoholism manifest. But it, it, it is your ethnic descent that, that, that gives you this uh, genetic machinery, this enzymatic machinery, that causes you to get sick this way. But you do have an enzyme uh, in your stomach that makes you better at math. And uh, w <laughs> one that makes you uh, be able to tolerate uh, massive amounts of opium. Am I right, Drew? I don't know about the opium thing, but math, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, so it, it, is, it is a normal thing. It's a common thing, and uh, it, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. Just don't. Okay. Uh, you got to really watch your alcohol consumption. You, yeah. can, you can get very sick. The most disturbing thing is that, I don't know what you call it, in the back of your throat, that little thing that hangs down. Swells. Pardon me? Uvula? Yeah, is that uvula, what that is? Yeah. Okay, that's right. That thing just grows. It swells, like, yeah. It swells. And that and that's uh, that's part of this whole thing. What is that uvula for, Drew? Can't we get rid of that? <clears throat> when you're president? Uh, all right. Uh, put that on the list. Uh, when I'm elected, uh, I will abolish uvulas. Each year, I will have a, uh, a mouth check. Well, the <laughs> uvulopalatoplasty. All of America stands outside and opens their mouth, and I fly by my, uh, in, um, <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Westwood One, but, uh, uh, the president's plane, you uh, pinhead. Okay, the, uh, the, uh, Air Force One, oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I, I no, right, you can go up with either, please. Yeah, but I I can't come up with something once in a while, and you're absolutely no help. If I said, I swear to God, Victoria, and we get paid the same amount. If I said, oh, geez, what is that nursery rhyme? Jack and Jill went up the, uh, what was it, Drew? He'd just look at me. Just a total blank face. Um, hmm. Victoria's uh, having trouble with it, too, now. Come on. Don't, don't make fun of her. What? You would say hill, wouldn't you, if yeah. I looked at you? Mm -hmm. See that? Okay. All right. Do you want to sell the hell out of the next call? Uh, here is Tom, who lost his libido after separation from his wife. All right. What happened? Victoria's going to find it. Maybe it's part of the uh, divorce settlement or something. Because he was in love with her, maybe? <laughs> so he wasn't interested in anyone else? Uh, don't give away any of those precious answers before we go to break, Victoria. Uh, we're going to get Victoria a little wine, and we'll uh, possibly uh, bust out the ukulele. You, you play the ukulele? Yeah, but I didn't bring it. Well, why didn't you bring your ukulele? How hard is it to pack a ukulele? I forgot. But your ukulele, the whole reason you play a ukulele is so you can carry maybe it with maybe you. Maybe just put out a, ca a call for somebody to bring one by here. All right. Who are a baritone ukulele. Baritone? All right, but we'll take what we can get. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the TrueCar mobile app or go to TrueCar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes, and third. Third, it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with TrueCar you can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the TrueCar mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.
This is Polly Shore, and right now you're listening to The Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. That was it. That's Polly. I expected a little more out of Polly. All right, uh, it is Love Line. Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew. Phone number 1 800 L O V E 191. Fax number 310 uh, You know her work uh, from six glorious seasons on uh, Saturday Night Live. And uh, you know her rear end from um, movies uh, such as Casual Sex. Victoria Jackson is here. Victoria, all you have to do is say a word, and everyone knows uh, immediately who you are. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that weird? Uh, Other people have high nasal voices. (coughs) Yeah, but you're probably the most famous. Also, it's sort of a signature voice. You know, I mean, it's part of her... Yeah, no, I don't don't mean that uh, with any disrespect. I know. It's... uh, as a uh, radio show, uh, radio host, I should say, it's helpful to me that uh, people tune in and they go, you know, when you listen to the radio, and sometimes you'll listen for a long time and you'll go, oh, hey, that was Ed Asner. Yeah, but right. you have no idea who it is until they say the guy's name or, right. or whoever, right. Ed Bagley Jr. or right. something. Right. But if you heard uh, Victoria Jackson, right. even if you didn't say Victoria Jackson, you'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, I used to work for this doctor when I was 16 as his secretary and he um said that i wasn't allowed to answer the phone anymore because people thought it was a child and he said i should get uh, surgery and have them he said i had congenital palatal insufficiency and that no, it, that the insurance please. would pay no, for it. Your, your breasts look fine please but no. anyway we had a family discussion and decided not to cut we do thing. have we do have a theory about the uh, people's voices sounding very young yes what's your theory because well, i I have. You may, you, 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 well, tell me your theory. Well, when we hear women, and uh, I guess uh, anyone past mm, 20, uh, I consider a woman, but when we hear a woman 25, 30, 35... Sound 12. Sound 12, we, uh, we have this sort of, uh, it's a sort of um, please the man kind of thing, that they, that, they're, uh, that they sort of take on the role of a little girl in relationships, and that... Um, that they were kind of a daddy's girl, and well, that it and carried the, over in life. Is that our theory? Well, and there was some something happened that stuck them developmentally at a younger age, or some piece of them stuck <coughs> developmentally. So you think their voice is controlled by their psyche? Yeah. Not by their physical throat. Just the quality of the voice. I mean, they're, 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 that the the mm. fact that it sounds like a young person to us, not the pitch or anything else, but it there's, sounds like a young person. There's tone. Speak. You listen to you there's listen. tone, and then there's cadence. Right. You know what you I'm saying? Want to hear my low voice? Yeah. Well, in my act, I sing a song where I go, Don't know why there's no... So what do you think about me talking like this? <laughs> I just lost my erection. So men like you to talk like a little girl. I think say. you should do an act where uh, you come out and be Victoria Jackson for about an hour and 45 minutes, and at the very end, you pull a blonde wig off, and you have a short crop black wig. You saw it. I did and it you on do that SNL. voice. Oh, I didn't see the bit. I did exactly that. I pulled off the blonde wig and had a short black wig on. And, and spoke in that voice? Yeah. Oh. And right. I got All letters right. from people. I said, finally, the real you. We always knew you were putting it on. <laughs> Day late and a dollar short. Uh, all right. No, I did not see the bit, but uh, it seems unobvious. All right. Uh, oh, let me give you a quick plug. Um, Victoria will be uh, back doing her stand-up at uh, Club Caprice, which is out at Redondo Beach. This Thursday at 8 o'clock, uh, watch her pull a wig off to expose her short-cropped hair and speak in a voice uh, that will disturb you, especially if there's a two-drink minimum. Tom. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. 
great show, by the way. This is the most informative and funny show on the radio or on television, to be honest with you. Thank you, Tom. And, Victoria, you do have a, a very sexy voice, I think. Mm, thank you. Um, okay, here's my problem. Um, I've been divorced for a couple of months now, but we've been separated for a couple of years. Um, and I seem to have lost... You know, I figured once I got divorced... Um, would kind of get back into the dating thing and just really have no desire to. Yeah, how long has it been now? Um, well, we've been separated for uh, a little over two years. And uh, do you have kids? Yeah, one. Do you, do you have the child or is she? She does. And uh, did she break up with you or divorce you? Um, no, it was my my idea basically to separate. Why? Um. Well, to be honest with you, we really should have never got married in the first place. We should have just remained friends. Why? Um, just not enough things in common, different views on why, life. Why was this so traumatizing to you then to lose this relationship? Um, because of the kids. She had a couple of kids before, and I raised, uh, helped her raise the kids before, so actually there's three kids involved. Are you depressed? Um, very, because I don't, you know. So, so you, it's the loss of the children that's the issue. Absolutely. Here. Do, do you, you know sometimes when people feel this way it's it's kind of a loss of the a part of themselves that they experience oh absolutely yeah um maybe right. yeah, honestly right. you're drew you're at a loss for words no, no, so let I'm me take maybe over here therapy time for tom and it's maybe an opportunity for him to dig in here and see what's going on why you got married to somebody you were in love with why now that uh, you're, this is hitting you so hard why you can't be more effective in going out and establishing real connected relationships with people you you should be in love with yeah. Uh, it sounds to me like you weren't really uh, physically attracted to her for a while. Uh, no, you're very good, very perceptive. Uh, so he sort of lost his, uh, I don't know if he lost his libido, but he certainly lost it in regards to her yeah. quite some time ago. Right. So it's been a while for you, Tom. I mean, you've been sort of going through the motions, and, right. and now you're not even going through the motions. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it speaks for how much you're affected by all this. I mean, you're very depressed. Your, your biology is affected by it. Yeah, you I know. mean, before we were, you know, before I met her and everything, I had, you know, no problem with even, you know, as scummy as a one-night stand is, I had no problem with that. Did you, did you do a lot of that kind of stuff? Did I? Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see I mean, this, this is a history of a male with real intimacy problems and somehow being around these kids triggered something in you that uh, made you vulnerable and open and now that's you lost that and you you can't deal with it it's it's, it's some something is going on emotionally that is overwhelming you is there anybody you lust after at all that you work with that you're attracted to um yeah but that's another thing that kind of troubles me is it's um a neighbor that's down the street but she's pretty young mm-hmm Another, you know, this, this, right? Another, another. Did, did your family fall apart when you were like four years old or something? Something happened. Um, no, um, but when I was in my early twenties, um, the family basically fell apart. No, that's all right. Had that been happening for a while though, and finally it disintegrated? Um, it was my mother um, committing suicide. Okay, so mo mom, uh, we're guessing mom was troubled before the suicide. Before the suicide, mom and mom was checking out long before that. Uh, so Tom. I really think I really think there's an opportunity here for a professional help that could do you a world of good in a relatively short period of time. And this is the kind of situation where therapy really works. Okay. Look into it. You're 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 going to have difficulty having fulfilling relationships 
unless you work with work on this with someone. And I would take it a step further and say, uh, see if you can't seek out a female therapist. I would agree. <laughs> no, 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 no. He does. He's not being facetious. He's being. He's being. Uh, I appreciate the. I, I like your. I like your angle, Adam. The, the lamb. No, no, he's not thinking about seducing the therapist. That's where Tom's going. Although, in a, you know, in a worst case, totally unprofessional. But in you know, if something yeah, happens. Yeah, but if I get happen. a couple of free sessions out of it, you know. All right, you uh, Tom, she's going to charge you more. Uh, you are kidding? Separate at birth. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm 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 being serious. And thanks for uh, defending me here, Drew. It's important for a guy. Uh, I saw a female therapist when I was like 20 because my dad, uh, my dad went up to me when I was like 19 and a half and he said, uh, listen, I know things don't work out real good with the whole childhood thing, but let's just put that behind us now. Uh, your mom's a mess. Uh, I was a mess. Uh, you're probably going to grow up hating women and you'll never have a decent relationship in your life. So, here's what I suggest. I know you're making $7 an hour uh, digging ditches uh, because um, we didn't provide any uh, form of education for you. But I'd like you to take half of that $7 an hour, uh, $3.50, and I will pay uh, the other half. No, sorry, all the $7 an hour. And you'll pay half and I'll pay half and we'll go in on a therapist. And it'll be a woman. And you can sit down and bond with a broad. And uh, look at me now. <laughs> and the picture of... Uh, misogyny. Misogyny. Thank you, Drew. Is misogyny good, Victoria? I don't know what that is. All right. Near my kind of gal. <laughs> I want a woman who doesn't know the meaning of the word misogyny. I really don't. What is it? It's got to be in the Bible somewhere, doesn't it, Drew? It's yeah. a guy who's uh, not nice to ladies. Hmm. Linda, 17. Yeah, hi. Um... Dr. Drew, I yeah. just wanted to say, um, first of all, um, I called about a year ago, and I seriously doubt you remember me calling, but I called asking if my having anorexia and bulimia was going to be passed down to my children. Mm. And it seems that since then, like when people have called um, to ask questions about anorexia and bulimia, bulimia, you've really been able to help them. And I just wanted to thank you for that. And I think your kids are really lucky to have a dad like you. Oh, thank you very much. Are you doing okay from the standpoint of that now? Right. Are you in remission with that disorder now? Um, yeah, I haven't really uh, had a problem with it um, for quite a while, so um, it, I've been fine for about a year. I, I still Good. throw up on occasion, but mostly it's just because of drinking. It, it, I threw up two weeks ago in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. But I'll tell you, when I throw up, uh, I throw up for the right reasons. It's a ton of booze and sushi comes <laughs> flying out of there. It's got nothing to do with uh, anorexia. Yeah, well, drinking is my problem now. <laughs> All right. Um, is there alcoholism in your family? No, 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 no. I, I'm not an alcoholic, but my problem... <laughs> you you is, drink to excess still? Well, no. See, it's that last, like, a few weeks ago, I was with my friends, and we were drinking, and I ended up fooling around with a guy who's kind of a friend of mine, but we're not really that close. And the thing is, the next day... He claims that he blacked out and he couldn't remember what happened. And now he doesn't want to see or talk to me, and I don't know what to do. Hey, Linda? Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you what to do, but we got to go to break. Okay. All right, so, uh, Victoria? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back... I relate to her a lot. Oh, you do? Oh, did you have any to or something? Did you? Yeah, when I was Am I a gonna go to hell. We're gonna find out about Victoria's eating disorder. Everybody who got who, who did a cartwheel before the age of ten has an eating disorder. It's so common, really common. I'll never let my kids. If I, if I see my little girl getting into gymnastics, I'll tackle her, because uh, everybody who gets into this gymnastics has an eating disorder. But but we gotta go to break. So uh, Linda, you stay there and hold uh, Sherry.
Lisa, don't hang up on Linda. She's just on hold. We're going to come right back with her and Victoria Jackson and talk about deceiving, deceiving disorders all after this. Hello, is this Lovine? I have a problem with my stool. Phone number for Loveline is 1 800 Love 191. Uh oh, I gotta go. Loveline, I'll be right back. This is Bobcat Goldthwait, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Corolla and Dr. Drew. Can I go now? Uh, we gotta get Bobcat uh, back on the show to. Well, yeah. I guess he's a little busy right now with the uh, Disney film. Yes. Yeah, I saw that film. It was great. Was it great? Hysterical. How, I mean, how was Bobcat? Tremendous. And I, how did it compare to other Disney films? A, a total departure. Really? A total non-Disney Disney film with enough Disney to keep my kids happy. But every character was a comedian, a comedian's voice, and it was funny as hell. And, and uh, I read some reviews of the, some New York Times panned it. Oh, they're, you know, they're being so facetious. Was, they didn't get it. They were making fun of themselves the whole way, and it had mythological and psychological accuracy in the in the plot. I thought it was great. All right, so a uh, film for all ages, and we'll see if we can't get Bobcat in here soon uh, just to uh, pay us a visit. Victoria Jackson is here tonight. You know her from her work on uh, films, her many appearances on uh, The Carson Show, and, uh, of course, uh, Saturday Night Live for all those seasons, and uh, you can find her at uh, some live comedy dates, doing uh, doing some stand-up again. She'll be at the uh, Club Caprice in Redondo Beach uh, Thursday at 8 o'clock, and then um, she's going off to, uh, where is it there, Denver, Colorado. Yes, uh, the 19th and the 20th at uh, Comedy Works Comedy Club. And then she'll be in uh, Reno, right, at the Hilton at Just for Laughs, uh, August 29th and the uh, 30th. So if you're in those areas, look for Victoria. Yes, Victoria? Nothing. Oh, okay. All right, now, when we left off uh, here on Loveline, we're speaking of who, Drew? Linda. Linda. And, uh, Linda. Yeah? All right, so you're 17. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you had an eating disorder. Yes. You still do a little bit, but not, not quite. Yes. And, um... Over-drinking. And you're, you're now sort of replacing it with drinking. Well, no, I, I, I honestly don't feel I overdrink. Like, I drink maybe once every two weeks or something like that. I don't, oh, all right. It's just that drinking led to this situation or whatever, so. Just, Where you had sex with a guy who claims he can't remember? Well, I, I didn't have sex with him. I, I, I did perform oral sex on him, but not actual intercourse. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your question? Um, I just don't know what to do about it now. He seems, it feels like a, almost a role reversal thing. I mean, like... He doesn't want to talk to me or anything now, and I guess he's pretty freaked out about the whole thing. And I don't know whether or not he actually did black out or he's I don't know. Well, what were the circumstances? You're at a party. Yeah. You're both drinking. Yeah. He slipped away somewhere? Well, like, everyone had gone to bed, basically, and my friends, my two other friends and I, we were talking. They're like, well, go into his room or whatever. And so, like, I went, and then we just kind of started, like, talking, and things progressed from there. And uh, he didn't perform anything on you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I swear to God, I, um, I want to uh, kill myself, uh, be reincarnated, and go through high school again. Because <laughs> I, I was robbed. Completely. There was no oral sex for me in high school. Hey, I'm one of the few women out there that actually enjoys performing oral sex. No, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I said. <laughs> All right, uh, Victoria. Why? 
Now we're talking about uh, eating disorders, which is something uh, you said you knew about and uh, something we suspected because you're in gymnastics for all those years. Yeah. And uh, it's very common. Yeah. I, I was that. <laughs> did you have an eating disorder? Mm -hmm. Is it under control now? Oh, yeah. How long did it... <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to be presumptuous. Uh, uh, how long did it uh, take you to get under control? And when did it start? I just replaced it with other bad things. When did, uh, how old were you when it started? <clears throat> Probably like 16, 17. Mm-hmm. And what was it about? Was it about uh, keeping your weight down for gymnastics or so that uh, men would accept you or something like that? Well, or? men and gymnastics are two different things. Um, I thought it was for the gymnastics because I got a scholarship and I thought if I was fat, I wouldn't get the scholarship to this college. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't win any more meets or anything. And my dad kept saying, you're too fat all the time because he was my coach. Mm. But I don't know. I, I also felt like I wasn't pretty enough like every other girl. And I was flat chested, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought my voice was high because I never developed like till I was 20 something. Yeah, but your voice is more than just your voice. Like I said, it's the rhythm and it's the cadence and it has that little girl pattern to it. Uh, not a criticism, just an observation. Anyway, don't talk about me. Talk about her. <laughs> okay. Heal her. Well, we're healing her through you and your pain. <laughs> well, we're, here's the idea of the show is we we try to explain uh, that people are people. Right, and, right. Uh, and we all share these same kinds of... Celebrities are, are people with just a lot of money and sometimes uh, an alcohol problem. <laughs> but they're still people. You, you know what I'm saying? They're the same. We're all the same. Right. So, uh, anyway, Linda, you, uh, you, you got a little tipsy. You uh, gave the guy oral sex, and he's claiming he doesn't remember. Yeah. And you want to have a relationship with this guy. Is that the deal? No, no. Honestly, I don't. Then forget it. Well, what do you he's, want? He'll then? be fine. Well, I don't know. I mean, because I, we were kind of friends, and I mean, I, I feel kind of bad. I don't want him to think like I took advantage of him. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. He just feels uncomfortable. He doesn't know how to approach you. You're thinking you like a friends. woman. Think like a man for two seconds. <laughs> okay? Because uh, you're, you're thinking how a woman would feel in this situation. Uh, the guy, he's manipulating in some way. No, okay. he's not. He just, they were friends, uh, they had a few drinks, uh, this oral thing went down, he may not have been very attracted to her, now he feels a little uncomfortable well, around her. But, but she's led him to believe that he's somehow uh, been taken advantage of, and he's outraged that uh, no, this terrible I think thing she, she's, took advantage of she's him projecting he that, she's projecting That's that, the he point. hasn't said that That's to her, the point. Please. Just He'll be fine. But uh, she really needs to look into her stuff here. Uh, yeah, she has an eating disorder and a penis disorder. Well, and she she is uh, using alcohol as a way of managing her feelings when she's in a social uh, situation. She's not drinking that much. I'm not so. saying she's alcoholic. I'm uh, just saying she okay. feels bad about herself. All right. All right. Victoria? What? Anything you'd like to add before we move on? Um, you don't have to. I'm just putting it out so there. So many thoughts flashing through my head. Okay, well, if one pops out your mouth... I'm trying not to let everything pop out of my mouth. I understand. Because my personality, I would wake up and read my life story in the paper tomorrow. Oh, it's all right. Uh, we're living in a, in, a, in a day and age where Hollywood accepts um, the, the little um, idiosyncrasies of, of people, the stars. Why do people always want to tell everyone their intimate secrets all the time? In this, I, con it's this country does it's that. This, uh, yeah, and I, it doesn't happen in the that. Netherlands. Yeah, like, in England, don't they hide everything? Oh, yes. They, 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 personal problems are 
personal problems. They, they don't tell anybody. Yeah, but then it comes out in weird ways. Yes, like they right. all laugh their ass off at Benny Hill reruns, <laughs> and then they have these uh, House of Parliament meetings, and uh, some woman stands up and gets two seconds into a speech on um, tax reform, and they start shouting her down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's really weird, and then they, uh, then they go nuts following around the royal family. So it, it manifests. It's, they're very reserved in many ways, but then they go they go like ape poop over uh, the royal family. Yeah. Oh, and they're all ugly inbreds, if you ask me. Uh, not all the Englanders. I mean, all the royal family people. I mean, a lot of the Englanders. Okay, Yvette. Yes. You're 33. Yes, I am. All right. My question is: I had my tubes tied on May 14th. Englanders. And I haven't started <laughs> all right, the period true. yet. Haven't started your period. Did, did they treat you? Uh, your, did you have a a child in proximity to the tubes being tied? Oh yeah, on March twenty third, I had a little boy. Uh, it was uh, it was cesarean. And you had your tubes tied immediately after that. Well, not till May fourteenth. How come the delay? What happened? Well, the hospital that I had the baby in is a Catholic hospital, and they don't believe in wow. Interesting. So that is interesting. Clinic. What do you think about that, Victoria? I believe in birth control. Oh, you do? <clears throat> okay. We do, too. I've had enough kids. I don't need any more. How many do you have? I have three biologically, and I have a stepson. Wow. Uh, and then you started menstruating again after the delivery. Right. Are Whatever you, it seemed like. You mean you had it bleeding? You had abnormal yeah. bleeding? Yeah, just normal bleeding. Like I've had three cesareans, so... No, no. St stay with me here. Did you start having normal cycles before the tubes were tied? Oh, no. So you ha you really haven't had normal periods since your pregnancy, right? Have you been breastfeeding? Yes. That's why. Is that why? That's it. Oh well, okay. it, it didn't affect me the last two. Well, did this time. Plus, check out you know you see your, go go back and see your obstetrician or gynecologist. Make sure there's not infection in the uterus or some retained products of conception or something else going on. But I doubt it. Oh, retained products of conception, uh, right there on the label. Uh -huh. uh, Victoria, how old are your beautiful children? Eleven and three. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Do you mind me asking how old you are? Cause you, you Thirty um, eight next month. Really? So uh, show the pictures. Oh, you have, have pictures, pictures of them. Kids, yeah. You can't see them on the radio. Well, Adam can see them. I'll look at them. Are, are these are the pictures of you losing your virginity? No. No. Oh, well, I'm not Give interested. Them away. Oh, I thought those were. I thought those were those pictures. No, I'd, I'd love to see you. What are your children's names? Well, here's my husband. Um. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's, I didn't show you that. One. Who's on? Uh, <laughs> who's who's on their hands? Me. I Is that you? I have a handstand collection. Wow, you oh. look uh, tight as a snare drum there. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, here, let let me explain the uh, picture. Let me see the picture. All right, the picture <laughs> is uh, Victoria wearing uh, nothing but a string bikini, doing a handstand, and a guy that looks uh, like a well, Luke, Luke I give him like now. a cross between uh, Tom Cruise and uh, <laughs> Roy from uh, <laughs> Siegfried and Roy, with no shirt on. <laughs> Uh, uh, sort of steadying her. What what does he do for a living? Does he just he's steady people? <laughs> he's a helicopter police pilot. Wow, he is all man. He used to be on the SWAT team. No kidding. But I met him in seventh grade when he had a briefcase and glasses and big ears. Look at him. Wow, I'm. Is is he shave? Does he shave his chest? No, he doesn't have hair because he's Indian, American Indian. Wow, that's what gives I him mean, his I'm tenacity. Through. Well, it's a lot of man. I tell you, he, well, you're supposed to look at my oh, kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got so excited looking at the husband. <laughs> no, not that one. No. All right, what do you, what do you have, glamour shots of you in your wallet? 
Oh, uh, this one? That's one. Oh, look at him or her. What is that? Is that a girl? Mm -hmm. Very it's darling. You know, all the songs that I wrote are all about what you guys talk about. Really, like uh, uh, yeah. abortion and uh, eating disorders <laughs> and alcoholism and stuff? No, about men and women things. Oh, they're gorgeous kids. Wow. Uh, do you say girl and a boy? Two girls. Oh, two girls. One eleven. I'm just doing some math here. They're really going to be good looking. Now keep an eye on them and don't get them into gymnastics. No. They'll have an eating disorder for sure. All right, uh, Drew? Wow. Why don't you sell the hell out of the next call, and uh, maybe when we come back, Victoria can um, do a little, like, a cappella or something. Okay. You can? I have a CD you could play. Do you have it with you? Yeah. Are the songs long? No. They're real short? Well, you could just tone it out, like, after a line. All right. Well, we'll hear a little bit of that. Sure. You're playing the ukulele? No, that's a different album I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> just keep the albums with you. Okay. And pack the ukulele. All right. Uh, Drew? Yeah. You gonna sell that call? No. All right. Love Line will be right back. Dr. Drew will say something brilliant, but no one will hear him because Adam will be making funny noises. On Radio Station. 98 KUPD Tempe Phoenix. and then you look at it and then you know. Right. Hmm? Yeah, why is Drew write the numbers down? Here's the way the show works. We have a um, computer monitor in the uh, studio. The uh, girls, Sherry, Lisa, and Ann, uh, are in the uh, other room, and they're taking phone calls, and they type in uh, what... We have about seven or eight lines, and they type in what the person's name is, how old they are, and a little brief thing about their problem. Drew reads the screen... Uh, I never read the screen. And then he writes down the number on this magic uh, marker board. I then look down, see a number, like uh, number four. I punch it and uh, find, then I look up, I see it flash and see the person's name. So uh, that's how it works. Jennifer, 16. Um, yeah, I am kind of, I don't know if I'm stalking a guy or if I'm just obsessed, but it's now, like... Now, think, listen to this person's voice and, and imagine how old she is. Sounds just, like 10. Ten. Oh, that's right. That's right. Go ahead. Um. Okay. Well. Um. I kind of. Well, I said I follow him to night school, and I lost my virginity to him. And our parents are dating, and I. I just don't know. I. I still want to go back to him, and I called the cops on him. And why'd you call the cops on him? Because okay, I was I jog every night, and um. I was jogging, and I had just broken up with him about a week ago, and um, he told me that that he still wanted, you know, to have a relationship, and he ended up coming up to my street with baseball bats, and they just were calling me um, nasty names, and I ended up going home, calling the cops, because they, I had got obscene messages. Hold on. Jennifer? Yeah. We're gambling. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, get some money out. Look, really your are. wallet's already out. They really out. are gambling. I you got a dollar in there? What are you gambling? Wow, look at you. 
What? Hey, traveling. Show business I'm thing. Traveling. Uh, can you lend me a dollar, Victoria? Yeah, here. I'll I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll lend you a dollar. That's no, no. Let pathetic. Victoria. No, Victoria, lend me a dollar, and I'll uh, plug her uh, stand-up dates uh, a couple of more times before the <laughs> night is over. I mean, it's a box. It's a national show, right? Mm -hmm. That sounds fair. All right, uh, get a dollar out for yourself too. <laughs> what am I betting on? Don't worry about it. I well, never uh, bet before in my whole ah, life. Ah, the Bible says it's good. <laughs> Isn't there, isn't there something about the, at least paramutual uh, betting, isn't there, Drew? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, here's the situation. Jennifer's 16. Jennifer's, uh, I guess, mother or father is dating uh, this guy's mother or father. Uh, the guy seems a little unstable, uh, hence the night school reference. And the baseball bats. And coming down with baseball bats, and she sounds like a 10-year-old. Something's going on here. And we're going to get to the bottom of it by gambling on her past, Victoria. Maybe she needs her dad back. Where is her dad? What yes, yes, yes. What Girls what never have a dad when they're promiscuous. Yes, we agree. Okay. We agree. All right. Dad is not, uh, not on the scene. Mm -hmm. dad, what happened to dad? What happened to dad? What did dad do to her? Oh, he probably just got divorced. I don't think he molested He just disappeared. Her. Disappeared. She needs love from a man. Good All man. right. So That's dad was out. Very solid. Dad was out of the picture early on. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, dad stayed around a little longer and was abusive. What way? Uh, sexually or physically? I don't think that's as common as everyone I know, but I'm We've going, I'm really going to for the, the show for a here. couple of weeks and you begin to get a real sense of it. Uh, it's such a stretch to go sexually. I'll, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll go uh, verbally abusive. There you go. Okay. Dad, alcoholic, physically abusive. Oh, okay. That's good. And left and is not available. Anymore. Now, where is she? Line four? four? Yeah. Okay. Jennifer. Yeah. You're 16. Yeah. Where's Dad? He lives in a different city. Mm. And uh, the, when did he move to that city? How old were you? Like, maybe two. <laughs> uh, and um, do, do you see him much? Mm-mm. No. Was, what was it like when he was around? I don't know. You don't, I don't remember. Did your mom ever talk about it? Uh-uh. You know what kind of person he was? Um. Well, I see him maybe twice a year, but... Um, He's always nice now. <laughs> now he's nice. And how does your mother bring men around? Um, yeah. What have they been like? Um, well, I kind of moved out and lived, started living with my grandmother when I was 14. Why? What was happening at home? Oh, me and my mom just argued too much. We're just two different people. I didn't like her boyfriend. And, and what was the matter with the boyfriend? He was just a creep. He, he pushed my mom around and told her she, like, make me food and do this. And she, Did he ever strike you? No, okay. no. But you saw him kind of push your mom around a bit. Yeah, and I, was, I told her it was either him or me, and I moved out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's great that's great mother, by the way. Uh, I'd rather take the guy who uh, pushes me around and uh, forces me to cook for him uh, than, uh, than my daughter. And you don't have to use much hyperbole to imagine what pushes around is. Uh, and it's, it's amazing the kind of relationships we have now uh, with the parents. It's sort of like... Well, uh, I'm 14, and uh, you're 27, and uh, we don't really see eye to eye on a lot of subjects. Um, you're, uh, I say tomato, you say tomato, uh, you're Republican, I'm a uh, devout Democrat, and uh, we're just, grandma. yeah, we're going to part ways here. <laughs> you know, the, these are your kids. The, but a lot of the parents don't deserve respect, you know? They don't parent either. That's so, uh, that's very they true. They act like her sister, so... All right, so you never had the father figure around, am I right? Give um, Victoria the money. Victoria is the big right. winner of the night. I should be the psychotherapist. I would, uh, you should talk to one. I, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
No, 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 no. The plus two of the dollar for yours. Anyway, please take the money. I was going to go with absent dad too, but we let the guests go first, and I know this sounds cowardly. It's a solid bet, though. Yeah, very solid. All right, you should be proud of yourself. So, I came up with very little prompting. That was one of the best bets we've had by uh, by a guest uh, spontaneously. Yeah, barely yeah, barely yeah. explain the yeah. rules. It's biblical. Yeah. It's biblical. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. And and uh, quote us some scripture. Um, it says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it." And it says, "Wives submit yourselves to your husbands." And if there were marriages like that, there it would be like really happy kids in the house. Right. So that's like uh, the outline that we're supposed to live by, and like nobody does, and people are like crazy the opposite. Right. It's almost, uh, you know what we need? Oh, this is a brilliant idea. Just bear with me, everybody. Please, somebody write this down. I I know, no, I won't write it down. No one in the studio will, but somebody at home. I must pen the reverse psychology Bible. The the anti-Bible. This is going to work. Uh, go out and uh, covet your neighbor's wife and oxen today. Enjoy. Right. Uh, uh, it's going to look like a Reebok commercial. Th- thou shalt steal. Uh, thou shalt uh, carve as many graven Im- images as one can uh, do in an afternoon. And then, because we know uh, how rebellious uh, the youth of America is, right. when they read the reverse psychology Bible, they start doing the opposite. The oh, he wants me to uh, carve graven images? Well, I won't. How do you like that? And then we'll do away with this whole big graven images problem. Well, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's a good idea, but... You know. I, I think it is. I think it's solid. And at least it would be good <laughs> comedy reading on an airplane. Uh, Jennifer? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Dad wasn't around, and we kind of figured that out. Yeah. How old is the, the abusive boyfriend? Um, I'd say 41. No, your, your boyfriend. Oh, mine? Yeah. 17. 17. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to night school, and he's a toting a Louisville slugger. Yeah. You, I guess you could say that. You need to pull yourself out of this relationship. Plus, okay? your mom is dating his uh, dad? Yeah. Yeah, this is not what you think it is, okay? The relationship, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It, it's understandable at your age with your history that you would get involved in this way with this kind of guy. But y- you need to find guys that are more really genuinely available to you. Because of the lack of a connection with your dad, you're going to tend to pursue guys who are sort of emotionally unavailable. At church, there's some nice guys at church. And it's going to be very difficult Uh, to be open because if you lose the guy, you're reliving that loss and abandonment all over again. Not the reverend. And that's where some of the stalking business comes from. You so cling so tightly to this. Even though it wasn't a good relationship, it's better than the loss that you experience when it leaves. But um, Dan never, like, hurt me when we were going out. I understand. Uh, but this is the same guy that carried the baseball bat, right? Don't yeah. don't deny who he is. Don't idealize him. Accept him except what he actually is. He's going to night school. Yeah. That's all you need to know. And find somebody who really can appreciate you and is a bit more available more truly available. I don't trust anyone who gets an education after the street lights are on. <laughs> that's uh, that's my motto. Am I right, Victoria? And what do you think of this sham, uh, this American tragedy known as the junior college system? Hmm. Where was your... That's right, sham. Berman in Greenville, South Carolina, and went to Florida Bible College. Sure, the the fighting lesbians. Huh? What was the name of the team over there, right? Berman? Yeah. Is that a joke? I don't know. It's a weird name. What is the name of the Furman team? And at, at the football games, they went, F-U, F-U. You know, like, oh. 
thought, does anyone know what they're doing? <laughs> what is the name of the uh, Furman uh, football team? I don't know. I never went to one game. Y you no, the, the mascot. You Paladins. Mean. Paladins. The Paladins. Mm. All right. I don't like football. Paladin is a... What is a paladin? It's a guy on a horse with a spear. Yeah, everybody... Uh, I, I swear to God, there's four or five hundred different names uh, for guys on horses with spears. There's, uh, there's a Lancer... I mean, um, there's uh, on all these Indian things going on. Uh, Drew, you're going to look up Paladin? Do we have time for you to help me with my problem? Yes. Yeah. Oh. She, wa she wants to play something from her. her, her well, uh, I it kind of related to my problem. Oh, the song? He, he's such a good, like, head doctor. I thought I could get free therapy before I leave. It's amazing uh, that the man is an MD. Mm-hmm. But uh, knows so much about the human condition yeah. as well. Uh, what would you so do? So do you. Thank you. Wouldn't you kill for this man to be your personal physician? Mm, yeah. Possibly gynecologist. You were, you're creepy. <laughs> now you're getting creepy. He yeah, but he's kind of a turn... Uh, hold on, Drew. Sh sh shut his mic off, engineer. He Mike. could be in my life in any way. In any capacity. Nice right. But, I mean, the, you're married to a very strapping uh, macho guy and everything. But, Drew, when the glasses come off and the shorts come down, he is all mad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make him drop the shorts. All right, uh, we can turn his mic back on. Uh, do you want him to help you with your problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, what is it? She first wants you to help her with her problem, which is she needs her CD to be heard oh, by we'll national play the audience. CD. Okay, okay. Right. we'll do that. This CD isn't for sale yet, so I'm, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> make any money. If well, when is it out? I don't know. i got to get a record company to be it. See, my kid's CD is out. Right. Th this is my songs that I wrote, and they're about this kind of stuff, and, and it, it hasn't had a record deal yet. Oh, okay. And I don't... I don't just thought it had to do with jealousy, you know? It's right. in my act. It's in my act in Redondo Beach. It's in my act. Uh, Thursday night on the 8th. Yeah. Uh, what is the name Doesn't of this song? Doesn't that just piss you off? Huh? No. You know, I haven't done stand-up for 10 years. And oh, so. you are going to be horrible Thursday. Well, I already went to Milwaukee. Watch the rust and cobwebs <laughs> fall off of Victoria Jackson. Uh, uh, wait, wait. Pilot Paladin, yeah, a champion right. of a medieval prince. There you go. There's a million of them. An outstanding protagonist. Some some school took the knights, and then everyone else scrambled to come up with different name for knight. I think they made the words up just with the advent of uh, high schools. Yeah, like a like a lancer and right. stuff like that. Right. All right. What is the name of the song we're going to hear? Bimbos in bikinis. All right. It's uh, from Victoria Jackson. And if there are any uh, record reps or labels listening, um, this could be your uh, this could be your uh, cash cow. <laughs> Play it, Mike. I'm in New York in my office Where people wear clothes cause it's cold While you're at a bar in Miami Watching bimbos walk by in bikinis I never look at other men Cause I have you But you look at bimbos in bikinis Do you have to? <clears throat> I'm not neurotic or insecure I'm a 90s woman and all my thoughts are mature I have no reason not to trust you and I want you to be free But you're looking at bimbos and bikinis instead of looking at me I don't like Miami, there's too much flesh out of control When someone's boobs are in your face, how can you see their soul? Lust is rampant, and all I see are bikinis and bimbos on MTV, in magazines, commercials, on the streets everywhere. You'd have to be blind not to notice them there. Hey, if you were blind, our love could work. I'll just get a knife and gouge your eyes out. But I don't want you to be blind, because then you couldn't see me. So I guess I'll just have to work out at a gym real hard and buy a bikini. I'll buy 
that's it. Goodbye. Oh. <clears throat> if that does not capture uh, the the young woman's plight here in the 90s, I don't know what song That's does. Right. Screw this Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> it's Victoria Jackson who has her uh, finger on the pulse of America. It's like uh, Tiny and uh, Striper, uh, all mixed, uh, Tiny Tim, I should say, and Striper, uh, forming uh, one uh, high-powered religious uh, ukulele uh, playing band. Wow. You see what I mean about the religious influence underlying that thing? Kind yeah. Of? But, but you know... Uh, the soul line about the soul. But you're using... Because we're taught in, in the Bible to look at people as a soul, not their sexuality. You look at your mate as their sexual thing, and you do everything with them. Uh, uh, look, a point that we have made on this show is that uh, women have been... Uh, sold a bill of goods in this country, that somehow they're supposed to have a male sexuality. They're, they're, the way they experience their sexuality is supposed to be the way men do it. And your and your confusion about why a man would look at a bikini is because you're a woman. And, and uh, no, why am, no, I know why. I look at them, too, and I go, wow, how did your body get like this? It's so beautiful. I think that, too, and I have lustful thoughts, too. But it's so unequal because women don't get turned on by physically look as much as a man that's right so therefore if we go to the pool my husband's lusting and i'm not and that and 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 there's so many naked women in our country today and on tv every five seconds and like how are we supposed to walk in the living room in our new bikini underwear when we're competing with the victoria's secrets girl on tv and let me tell you uh, I don't want to make you any more secure than you already are but your husband's got the package too i mean he he could score, but the, not uh, that he oh, would. Okay. Uh, not that he right. would, but I mean, you know, the guys, uh, the guys got but, the but Indian that, blood. That, that and is the point. Is that, is, that, chest. is that fulfillment comes through the the intimate relationship, not through the acting on the physical impulse, and that if women, women are really in the power position with this. If they required men to behave in a more civilized way, women would be back in control of relationships, and relationships would be more stable, because women don't need to act the way men do, and they don't feel good when they do. All right. Um, are we done preaching, Drew? That did not answer my question. What is your question? How do you get over your jealousy? How How are we supposed to go to the pool and me not be uncomfortable when a babe walks by him in a thong and he's, like, enjoying it? And how am I supposed to just go, oh, isn't she beautiful, he honey? Shouldn't, he shouldn't. Well, uh, he's supposed to pretend he's not. Not pretend, but it, it shouldn't be that... Uh, big of a deal. Big of a deal for him. And uh, he should be much more concerned with your feelings. He's got to be a little more discreet. And you shouldn't have uh, married a, a guy who uh, looks like, uh, you know, Mandingo. Uh, well, see, like my, a, like my, an Indian Mandingo. You need a, a fat guy with some hair on his crack. I told him to get fatter, you know. But, you see, the thing <laughs> is, he's the kind of guy who doesn't look. So... Doesn't look at women. He doesn't right. do that thing. Don't then, trust so he him. Do no, but, that. Uh, but but you have a very feeling, diabolical. Yeah, you, you have a feeling that he is I watching. I have a though. feeling that he's hiding it very well. All right, but that's just your own insecurity. Then that may just be you. But yeah. see, that's not so true because sometimes when I used to be a babe, I felt the same way. Yeah, you can be a babe and be insecure. Many no. babes are. Oh, no. certainly. It really insecurity has nothing to do with your physical insecurity. appearance. I don't uh, but yeah, but when you're jealous of your partner or you think your partner is going to betray you, it, it has absolutely nothing to do with the with uh, your own physicality. It's quite the opposite. If you were secure in that or if you had a good sense of that, you wouldn't be projecting it on your partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's it, very... You, it's, you could be, uh, your waist could be the size of a number two pencil and your uh, chest could be uh, the size of the Goodyear blimp. 
And if you're insecure, you're insecure. If you, if you're and not, if you're jealous, you're jealous. Right. I mean, there's two issues. It's how you feel about yourself. There's another issue, immorality. I mean, All right, wait it's a minute, not wait, right wait. to Hold have on. naked women on your TV. The Bible says, lust not after women are you're committing All right, adultery. But the Bible did not know about cable. So this, there's no way the Bible so could foresee country, cable. There's like morality. Forget about that. It's like, well, everything's immoral. So you base your marriage on an immoral world mm. where you're supposed to be secure or something. Right. With hold on, Drew. You guys got to talk during the commercial because we got to get this right. more. Right. Uh, we'll talk before. Out. We'll straighten this out. Yeah, you'll be fine after the next commercial. Please straighten me out. I cannot I will, live in this world. I will straighten you out like true. a... I'll keep writing weird songs and making people <laughs> listen to them. <laughs> Don't worry. We feel your pain. <laughs> I will uh, straighten you out like a 300-pound chiropractor. Donna. Yeah. You're 22. Yeah, um... I just wanted to um, talk about, um, I've been with this guy for about six years, and we've had a baby together, and we had a great sex life for like the first five years, and it was like great. We'd have sex like three times How old is the baby? Um, she's, she's three years old. Mm -hmm. So you guys started going out when you were 17? When I was 16. 16. And yeah. And uh, had the baby when you were when I was 18? When I was 18, I had her. How um, old's uh, the guy? He's 24. Almost 26. How old now. were you when you were very? And this is. I'm no, wait to a minute. Let me let me do some math here. He's almost 26, so he's about four years older. Now. Yeah. And you he met was, him when you were 16. He was 20. Yeah. How? I I just got a feeling from Donna the moment she opened her mouth. How old were you when you very first had sex? He was my first. He was your first. Yes. Okay. All right, Drew. There goes I that swear feeling. To God. We believe you, baby. <laughs> so what's happening now? Okay. Well, we um our sex life was like really good. It was always excellent. And, I mean, we'd have sex, like, three times a day, every day. And just, it was like that for probably, like, the first four and a half years, almost five years. Oh, a lot of chafing. And, um... You, and li you we, lived at home during we that started, time? started, huh? You lived at home during that time? Um, most of the time we, we went other places. <laughs> but you were living at home? Yeah. And you finished high school? Yeah, I finished high school, everything. Okay. Right. Um, and then... We started having problems, and then we ended up breaking up for about four months. And then I was with his best friend, a couple other people. No, friends just a couple of his. other people. Guys, and then knew. we ended up getting back together. And then our sex life hasn't been really. I mean, he complains a lot because we have sex like twice a week, and he like he thinks like this is like terrible. So you're yeah. you're not into it. I mean, it's it's you're not, not into it. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it's not that I'm okay. not right. into it. It's just You're just I'm not, not into it. I mean, I'm not like I used to be. Right. And But it's like when I'm at like certain points, it's like once a month, I'll be like really ready to like maybe have sex like three, three nights in a row. And then it'll kind of just go away. And then I'll just kind of be just kind of all right. And then. I'll start complaining. All right, all right, all right, all right. Please, please. So I was just hey, Donna. wondering if... Donna. I, yeah. Shut up. All right, Drew. What? We got to go to break. Yeah. Uh, I'm not coming back and talking to Donna. I've had enough of her. Really? What's going on? I, 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 I'm yeah. getting a weird vibe off of Donna, too. I, mean, I get a weird vibe from the moment she opened her mouth, but, but it, it, you know, th there's a lot of chaos in this relationship. I, I don't know what she is <laughs> feeling about this relationship, what she intends with it, what he's actually done to her, why, you know, why things broke up so readily. 
what their level of commitment is. Their 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 actual physical relationship is it about a norm for a you know f- couple that's been married for five. Everybody years. goes at it at an unrealistic pace uh, when they first meet. Uh, for the guy. He's, uh, it's a two-parter. He's thrilled about getting late again because it's been some time off. And number two, he's trying to get the sex that the last guy left in her out of her. He's trying to outdo the last guy. Well, this is how guys work. But he, he, whatever it is, he's more been around the block. You know what I'm something. saying, uh, Victoria? No, I haven't been around the block. The, all right, but, he, but he's, he's certainly been down to the curb. And the, <laughs> the guy wants to get in there, and he wants to make a serious impression. And uh, it's such a novel thing, too. So uh, there's always more, and it always tapers down. So that is, uh, that is common. Uh, but there's a whole big bunch of emotional stuff yeah. going on that we'll never get out of Donna because um, she's she too, far away, from she's her, too yeah. far away. Yeah. All right, so uh, work on the emotional end, and the physical will come. Absolutely. That, that it's is, like they say in the fighters, uh, uh, work the body, and you'll kill the head. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Love those guys. And uh, I want to thank uh, Steve and Todd from the uh, Pie Tasters, who were... These are guys who came in uh, the studio uh, a few months back with uh, Dickie from the Boss Tones, and the Pie Tasters were uh, touring with the Boss Tones, and then I went out to the Gay Steakhouse with these guys uh, a month ago when I was in D.C., and they just uh, were in town cutting a record tonight and uh, going back to D.C. tomorrow, and they brought three pies in here. Frozen pies. Frozen pies, yes. I just uh, put my lemon meringue in the microwave, and um, I, because I don't want anyone getting hurt at home, uh, the microwave is not good for meringue. Uh-oh. It's not a good one. Meringue is one of those things where... It melts. Yeah, I mean, meringue is a very, uh, it's a, it's a very delicate flower, right. meringue, and uh, it does not bode well in the, uh, in the microwave. It's not like chili. No. No. Uh, chili's, uh, now there's a, f- a confection you can abuse a little bit. You kick chili around a little and it's still good. Uh, meringue, very delicate, and uh, does not wor- hold up well to the question. rigors of the microwave. Yes. Well, I, when um, I never went to like clubs, you know, but I've lately been in some. And how come people go there and it's totally sexual and they're bang, you know, they're wiggling around in the dark and they're not even embarrassed. And it's like, I want, you know, like, sex is like this drive to procreate. That's where it came from, right? Uh, for women, that's what the deal but is. But not for men? No. Mm-hmm. W- why do they, my dad says men want to do, pro- they want to impregnate every woman they see. But, 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 but women's urge really is truly to, to uh, procreate. They say that, but then no, they pull out at the that. end. I don't, I don't just want to have sex to but, have kids. But, but women are much more prone to that sort of impulse than men. I think. Hold on, let me just reset the show. This is Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. The voice you hear is none other than Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live. And this is the Bible Answer Show. But <laughs> what I mean what? is, if sexuality is like hunger, we have a hunger, we, yeah. ne- we need air, we need water, yeah. we, we need food... Sex, we don't need to live, but everyone has it and wants it. I don't understand why, unless it's from when God said, you know, he made it to be fun and everything. But but my point is, when people go to these clubs and they're dancing and wiggling in front of each other, they, they look so stupid. And, like, they don't even know that they look like, please help me, please help me. Victoria, it is, the, uh, it is the empty dance of the sinner that you see. But they, are they so stupid? I mean... 
what I mean, it must be pleasurable to wiggle in front of a hundred thousand, <laughs> like um, in the dark, in front of. It's like sexy, but why is that fun? I, why do I feel like we're talking to a, like an alien and trying to explain human culture? This is good though uh, to her. But I stand. I don't know. I don't I, wiggle at any clubs unless I'm really drunk. I mean, if I do, you know, I. I think I'm All right, but, but it's you a stand on your head in a in a French maid's outfit I didn't for a do living. It to be sexual, I did it to make people laugh. And but get you a lot had of to money. know that the uh, French maid's outfit was seductive. I thought that the, the certain type of person would like that part of it, and the athletes would like that I could hold a handstand for a minute, and that the the some people would see something different in all different ways. But well, tell me about this club thing. Um, I think people need validation and they need to feel good about themselves any way they can, they will do it. And to the extent that men, uh, it, it gratifies man's need for visual. sort of physical, visual stuff, right? Uh, women get gratified. I'll explain. Women actually enjoy dancing and men pretend like they enjoy dancing so they can Look. possibly get laid. Right. And uh, you'll know you'll know it ends because a guy will be a dancing fool up until the time he gets a steady girlfriend or married, in which case uh, you drag him kicking and screaming to uh, to the ballroom. Yeah. And the guy will not. The only reason a guy goes out on a dance floor is to try to come back with something, or he'll pretend like he likes to dance. I mean, he'll say to a girl, "Would you like to dance?" Or we go, and they'll go out and dance. They'll be dancing with him all night. But as soon as they get together, and make a relationship, the guy's never going back to the club. You don't yeah. bring sand to the beach. If you got the woman, there's no need to go out and dance again. I don't trust a man who dances. I never dance. And why, why do women like to be lusted after? Because it, it's a power trip or something? All right. We're getting... <laughs> well, wait, we've got to get to some calls. Uh, These uh, are valid questions. No, 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 Victoria. Don't, don't give me the fuzz. Hey, they're very there, valid is, questions. There are power issues. It's and, and also, a culture tells them this is how they assert what they need. MTV tells yeah, them it's that. Yeah, it's wrong, though. Uh, well, we're on MTV, MTV so we're, and we tell them what's right. Well, we try to tell them, uh, but uh, you know, all right, I don't want to get in any trouble with MTV here. But uh, th this this one thing does bother me, mm. and and you know, we we're talking to Victoria during the commercial. You're gonna get us in trouble. I don't care. Uh, Victoria was uh, telling us during the commercial, it's, it's a great show, and it's great what you guys do, and uh, you help people. And a lot of the listeners uh, say, hey, you help people, and. Um, People seem to know that the show is, is here to help people. You're here to have a good time, but you're here to impart some important information to some people who may be in desperate need of this information. Uh, everybody uh, but the powers that be at MTV or uh, the powers that be. The people that have the money, the people who are putting on the shows, the people that are producing shows, uh, don't seem to give a rat's ass about helping anybody, and it's not even a factor. Mm, I uh, swear to God no. it's never come up. I've never heard it from any of the brass. Uh, from, the, from the upper brass. Radio yeah. or TV, in, let's in be fact, honest. In fact, I talked to one of the upper, upper brass today who said to me, hey, you're a doctor. Is that amazing? Perfect. Yeah. Here's the point. I think if it was up to the TV or the radio people, uh, and it was either our show that got the, uh, you know, point .9, and another show that got a point uh, .92, even if the other show was uh, called the uh, Dancing Hitlers... They would put that on the air over this one because uh, that's how much they care. But everyone who listens to the show and the fans of the show and the people understand why we're doing the show. And uh, God bless them for that. All right, Melissa, you're 16. But, but let, me, let me stop you. I, I, from our producers, I have heard people talk about... From our producers? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, our producers. Yes. All right. Melissa, 16. Hi. Um, my problem really is... Oh, yeah. Adam, will you marry me? Yes. Thank you. Come down here. 
Oh, my music. No, we didn't get a ukulele, did we? Nobody came down. Huh? <laughs> Come down and bring a bring a uh, bring a corsage, uh, a six pack, and a ukulele. Then we'll get married tonight. I could do that. Okay. Okay. Um, my problem is every time I have sex, it's like so intense, and it's like I'm so into it then, but like right afterwards, like right when we're finished, it's like I'm like blown away or something like. It's really weird. I've never had this experience. It's like so much more than an orgasm. Mm -hmm. It's like so weird. I don't know what it is. What happens? I get like really dizzy and I don't know. It's like so hard to explain. It's like I'm floating almost. It's like... Do you lose consciousness? No. Are you, are you disturbed? Are you crying, upset in some way? Sometimes. Was it? Like, if we got married, I'd put an end to that. <laughs> There'd be no more floating orgasms. And is this the same person that this happens with? Um, no, I've had um, four people, and two of them were steady, and the other two were just like, you know. And you still had the explosive orgasm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Is it, is it the orgasm, or is it just the fact that you're physically involved, that you have these huge reactions? I can say, just like right when we're like finished, right when he like pulls out. You have some kind of reaction. Uh, why is he pulling out, by the way, Melissa? Because I, well, I sort of like get into it, you know, like a lot. <laughs> I think it usually scares people. Is he pulling out because he's scared, or, or is it contraception? Or maybe just, I don't know. <laughs> he's, like, he can deal with that. But <laughs> are, are these guys using condoms? Yeah, definitely. So well, they are? Yeah. Um, okay. what, what went on here? How old were you when you first started having Um, Probably around 15. And you already have had four partners in a year, <laughs> year and a half. Nothing uh, funny ever happened to you before that? No, not really. Maybe a little? What do you mean not really? A little something? What happened? Nothing, really. I mean, everyone has their problems. What happened? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what, it's extremely important to what you're describing, Melissa. What happened? Well, well, like, when I was, like, seven or something, um, I couldn't really remember. My brother came home, and he, like, came into my room, and he, like, pulled out my underwear, and, you know... Did he have sex with you? No. What did he, he do? He, like, touched me and stuff. He thought I was asleep. Uh-huh. How old was he at the time? Probably around 16. What do you think happened to him? I don't know. Well, our family is, like, not really that bad. Well, tell, tell me about what is bad about it. I don't care what's not that bad. Um, what is? Well, after that, like, a couple of years, our parents got divorced. Yeah. Like, I mean, our parents, I don't know. <laughs> they what? Nothing. What? Nothing. I mean, I swear to God, nothing ever bad happened besides that. I mean... He was 16, and I, I don't know, he was kind of a nerd. <laughs> and I think I told my dad. First I told my brother, and then we weren't close at all. I just really needed to tell somebody. And then I told my next-door neighbor, and she said that something really similar had happened to her. By him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he was so, babysitting. So he is, a, he is an abuser. Something happened to him. Somebody abused him, and now he's going around abusing other kids. I really don't think so. Melissa, <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, uh, you just described that to me. You can't, it's not whether it did or it is or isn't that way. It's what happened. You just described it. Here's the deal. You can't uh, feel up underage girls, especially in your own family, and not be an abuser. It is the act that makes you the yeah, abuser, you, you, not you, the you, mindset. You, yeah, you've defined it. You've defined the, the fact that that's what he but is. It's sort of like, listen, if you kill somebody... You're a murderer. Yes. That's it. That's what defines but it. But I'm not a murderer. No, just that one person that one I time. just killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, th th this is what's going on here. Now, well, I don't know what happened to him, and I don't, what, don't know what's going on in your family to create these sorts of circumstances, but... 
There's a lot more here than, than uh, meets the eye, and you're acting out now. The, the best thing you could do is uh, not have any sexual encounters at all. I suspect these are emotionally generated uh, experiences you're having after you have sex that, that make you feel so overwhelmed because the feelings probably are overwhelming and you probably can't manage them right now. You know what I love about you, Drew? You are uh, the emotional pry bar. <laughs> you see him work her? Hey, you could be talking to the Pope. Uh, uh, what have you been up to, Pope? Uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Sounds like Count Pope. Huh? Uh, Drew would just keep going and five minutes into it. Okay, so I felt up a nun. I mean, Drew can get anything out of anybody. He just hears the little thing in their voice, the little inflection, and he, he'll steer right off of their problem, whatever it is they said it was, and boom, uh, right to it. But uh, we both kind of had the feeling that something was going on uh, with her and yeah. something in the past. And, and he, uh, this you, you, is want, you wonder, I, you, the, the family probably was very, very unhealthy, and that's what set the circumstances up for the brother to be out of the home of getting abused, and then coming back, and the chaos. No, just a mess. 16 and feeling up your 7-year-old sister. Yeah, that's is, bad news. Yeah. That is bad news, Melissa. Please get some help if you can. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, running late for break. Uh, forget about the whole orgasm thing. That's it. Forget about it. Forget fact, about fact, that. Forget about physical relationships at that all. That ain't Don't your problem. Uh, look into this. You were uh, your victim of abuse. Strange night tonight, but good strange. Good, yeah, good strange. Good, good, different. Yeah, that's because we have a good guest. Yeah, we, but we I could, don't even know do, what's good about her. Well, it's a, <laughs> well, we could do it without. We well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. We're just talking to Victoria would be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, is that better? Yeah. What? Victoria Jackson is here. Uh, you know her from uh, Saturday Night Live, all the seasons. Uh, who was on Saturday Night Live all those seasons you were on? You were on, on with cast? like Robert Downey Jr., right? No, I was the aftermath with Dennis Miller, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman. Who? Kevin <laughs> Nealon. Yes. That was my cast. And uh, you guys were intact uh, for the six years you were on for the most part? Yeah. That was a pretty strong lineup there. And um, she was also an episode of Viper. Oh, <laughs> shut up! And this is uh, this it is was a, a free trip to Canada. Tremendous uh, cinematic effort. Uh, this Viper. Uh, How actually, did you it's a know TV that? Show. Did you look at my bio? I read everything. I uh, I have uh, uh, one of your husband's pubic hairs in my wallet. I have I've done that much homework. They were very nice people on Viper. I know. And I uh, listen, I love any TV show where the car solves crime. <laughs> we're living in a day and age. Uh, you realize that there are guys sitting around uh studios, TV folk. Uh uh Bernie, you got an idea? Yeah. Um We got this souped up car and uh it solves crime. Uh, I like it. When can we get into production? Uh, uh, and you know what? Hmm. The show wasn't successful. And that's the thing that uh, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by the fact that this car that solves crime is not as successful as that. It shouldn't be a runaway hit. Isn't it still on? I mean, Columbo, Viper. Columbo worked. It's still on. <laughs> yeah, Columbo drove a car. Uh, uh, no, Viper's not on, is it? 
I think so. There was, uh, I went, uh, there's been, um, well, of course, Knight Rider. And then there's a show called Stingray for a while. Well, that was a, the cop, uh, the cop drove, uh, drove a, a Stingray, a Corvette. You used to watch Stingray? I went to that crazy actor's house, that Italian guy's uh, house. I can't remember the guy's name, but he wanted me to raise something. Yeah, thank you. He wanted me to build him a cabinet. I think I told you this story, didn't no, I? No, no, no. All right, there's a show called Stingray that somewhere between Viper and Knight Rider, there was a show called Stingray. And again, uh, the name of a, a Corvette is called a Stingray. Or I guess the they used the 70s. Yeah, yeah the they 70s. don't call them Stingrays anymore, but maybe they're not. So here's the deal. I go to this actor's house. He's renting a house up in uh, up in Malibu with his bimbo uh, actress uh, girlfriend, and he's on top of the world because he's out here doing Stingray, and he wants some cabinets built in the house. And he says to me, uh, all right, I need like an entertainment unit. It's got to be like 24 inches deep and blah, blah, and I want it out of oak. And I said, uh, all right, well, here's what we'll do. We'll get the uh, three-quarter uh, inch uh, oak ply. It's plywood, and it's skinned with actual oak. Everything, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that you think is made out of solid oak is made out of oak ply, but it has a solid oak face frame or bull nose on it. You take a look at a big desk. It looks like a big oak desk. It's got solid oak around it, but the top is ply because you couldn't take a big chunk of solid oak that way. It just doesn't work that way. Anyway, I said, we'll take the oak ply and we'll put the uh, oak bull nose on it. No, 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 no. Plywood, he said. I said, not plywood, oak ply, and we'll put the oak bull nose on the end. You'll never know the difference. I don't like plywood, he says. <laughs> I said, uh, it's not plywood, and you'll never know it's plywood. It'll, have, it'll look just like oak. No, 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 he says. I don't like the vibration that plywood gives off. <laughs> I said, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> crazy damn actor. Uh, meanwhile, the guy is chain-smoking when he's telling me about the plywood, uh, that the vibration, uh, that the uh, ply, the oak ply gives off. I said, uh, listen, this thing is going to cost uh, more than the uh, Sultan of Brunei's house uh, to build this entertainment unit of yours, and it's going to weigh as much as a tree if we don't build it out of plywood. I will not have ply. Because of the vibration. Uh, you mean like with the TV on? No, 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 no. The vibration. The cosmic vibration. Only in Hollywood you have guys who like practice, uh, you know, Tai Chi and medita medita uh, meditation and then do a big rail of blow and uh, <laughs> smoke a pack of butts. This is Hollywood, by the way. Everyone's yeah. trying to find themselves. Mm. Uh, worry less about the plywood and more about your underage girlfriend and your chain smoking. Okay. All right, thank you. Did you build it out of oak? I never built it. Went up there waste an entire day. You're a carpenter? I was, yes. Like Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? No. I think, no, I, was a better, no. <laughs> I think I was a better carpenter than Jesus. I really do. Okay. I really am. Because um, I don't know if Jesus... I See, I think Jesus' first um, aptitude was really for healing and helping and preaching. And... Uh, and he just got by with the carpentry. But he was God, so he could do anything. But for me, carpentry was my, you know, it's my skill. It's my vocation. You become awfully preachy in the last uh, few months. All right, but I'm still better at carpentry yeah, than I am right, at, uh, than talking right. on the radio. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah, yeah, agree. uh, Anne? Uh, no argument from Anne. All right. Uh, and gotta plus, you got to wake her up to ask that I, question. I got all these new uh, battery-operated power tools and lathes and biscuit joiners and whatnot. He had like a, he had like a rock and, uh, and a pick or something. Dave. Dr. Drew. Hey. Adam. Hey. How you doing? Hey, you're 38. Yes. Anyways, uh, about a year ago, I started having some pains in my testicle. 
mainly my left one. So I went to a urologist, and he sent me in for an MRI and an ultrasound, and when the test results came back, they were negative. Okay, so he put me on a prescription of Nanoproxen 500, and he said he thought it would might maybe be an epididymitis right, or that's a hydrocell. Yes, Is it a hydrocell? Yeah. Hydrocell. And naproxen should have taken care. Should have helped okay, with that potential. Okay, it doesn't really help it. Did they ever put you on antibiotics for this? No, he didn't. And that anyways, uh, in two weeks, I have a one-year checkup with him. It's been a and year. I'm wondering what kind of questions can I ask him? And it's been know, a year that you have having. Well, patients? it's been eleven and a half months. Let's be fair. Yeah, it's been close. It's been a year. Is it constant? Uh, pretty much as long as I'm not on the nanoproxen. Is it just in the testing? Uh, yes. It doesn't get up into the. No, but I did notice that uh, when I ejaculate, uh, it doesn't seem like there's as much as it used to be. Okay, but does the pain change when you ejaculate? Uh, Sometimes it gets more intense. Does the pain change when you urinate? No. Okay. What do you think, Victoria? Um, something's wrong with his testicle. Yeah, I'd agree. Put that on a cart, Engineer Mike, would you please? I, I just like the way that sounded. <laughs> um... Uh, I think epididymitis is certainly a reasonable possibility. It can it can be chronic and indolent and a real pain in the neck. Mm -hmm. uh, there are at least two other things that can be done for you, though, and you might want to talk to the urologist about this. One is to treat this as though it were potentially an infection. Uh, there's okay. some medicines called quinolones that are quite effective in uh, sort of... Quinolone? Quinolones in terms of uh, er eradicating infection in the prostate and urogenital tract. So, man, the other thing... And this is a little more uh, sort of oblique, is, and I've seen this at work a couple times, is sometimes it's an issue of bladder emptying and bladder function. And if you I do notice it changes with uh, yeah. the bladder. And if you improve that, uh, sometimes this discomfort goes away. I had a patient, a couple of patients, right. when you put them on Hytrin, which is a medicine that improves, it, it, it's it, for people who have a large prostate primarily and, and bladder dysfunction. Hytrin, H-Y-T-R-I-N, it improves the bladder. Sure, yeah, talk to them off the air. All right, that's it, all right. All right, Dave. Yes. Good luck. Okay, well... I try. All right. I <laughs> Good luck is... Yeah, he does sound like me. Dave did? Yeah, he sort of meander. Right. Yeah. Like a I really have, headlights the, I have the worst voice. voice in radio. Jeff, 18. Hi there. Hi. Um, yes, I started having sex with my girlfriend, say, probably a year ago. And everything was fine and dandy, and... And I was kind of worried about her getting pregnant and different things like that. And I kind of want to stop. And when we first started doing it, um, she was like, she didn't really want to, but she did anyway because she likes me and that type of thing. And mm -hmm. now I'm to the point where, you know, I don't want to get her pregnant, but um, I want to kind of stop, but she doesn't. And why do you want to stop? Because you don't want to get her pregnant? Yeah, mostly. What's, 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 what's the, the real reason? reason? <laughs> no, that is the real reason. Well, what do you mean mostly? What else is there? Um, nothing, really. I think it kind of screws up our relationship. How's that? Because we only look forward to having sex. And All right, well, you, you take that out of the equation, and you'll, you'll never look forward to anything. Um, right, Victoria? No, the Bible no. says flee fornication. Flee fornication? Yeah. So have sex and run? No, it says it says what he's feeling that they shouldn't and I'll sometimes do a victory lap around the house. And then they should, you know, get married someday and have really, really great sex, but the everything the Bible says is true and it says flee fornication. Can you flee fornication for a while, Jeff? Um 
Possibly, but she kind of doesn't let me. She would more likely seduce me than me to seduce her. Can he compromise and fornicate while he's fleeing? No. We've talked about it time and time again to try and uh, work Jeff, things Are you out. sure you're still in this relationship? You're am into I, it? Am I still in this relationship? In, are you still into it? Oh, yes, extremely. Really? Yeah, we've been dating for quite some time, about two and a half years. Hold on. I, Maybe she thinks she can keep him if she does. Right, I think that's sort of the quality of what's going on here. I'm wondering what, what it is that's frightening Jeff, the one making him to want to stop, though. Well, unfortunately, we we, we're running out of yeah. show. But um, Maybe he wants to be a good man. Let me ask the Bible. Like my husband. Let me ask the Bible answer woman. Uh, what about masturbation? Is that cool with Jesus? I think it is cool. It's uh, not in the Bible. Okay, so you I masturbate. Think, I think God invented it. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.